the end of the day, I always just want somebody to feel something with my music. I always joke that I don't care if they hate it. I don't care if they love it. I just want them to feel something towards it. Nice. Because um, it means that I did something, you know. The OHP Uncut Podcast with Canon. So, uh, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Pronouns. You know, people f*** up. I have friends that are non-binary. I even f*** with them. So, um, I had this conversation with Sam Smith. I'm like, if I f*** up, I, I don't mean it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you have that in your life as well. And you know what Sam said to me, who is one of the sweetest people uh, in mm-hmm. the world? Um, and they said, hey, as long as you try and you care, that's what matters. I think that's like the base of, of, of what matters. You know what I mean? It, um, people make mistakes. How do you feel about that? Do you get angry if people f*** up? Um, I don't think I do at all. It's usually I get more upset when somebody like doesn't put the effort in and they're like, oh, I'm not going to try or oh, it's too difficult. Yeah. And I'll even like my thing is I, I use both he and they pronouns. So I don't care if someone uses one or the other right. or a mix of them. But yeah. when they like specifically are like she, her the entire time, I'm like, <laughs> I give you options. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, how hard is it to like put a little effort in to care about the way people feel and that's really what it's about like yeah because to me it's just like it's the same thing as if somebody said oh I want to go by this nickname or oh I don't like that nickname like it's the same thing as that yeah and so for me it's just like a matter of respect and putting in like the smallest amount of effort to just like remember something yeah um obviously like there's trip ups like sometimes I'll even accidentally misgender myself and I'm like oh where did that come from (laughs) um or it will be like a family member that's like known me for 21 years you know and I think it's it's only natural it's the same as like accidentally like mixing up someone's name or anything like that you know and so it, it really just comes down to a form of respect and just trying when you can and correcting yourself when you fail you know how long has it been since you came out as non-binary? It's been a little over a year. I came out last year uh, in April, um, but I've, I had been out to like friends and family longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just kind of like my big public announcement of it. Um, right. I think I've definitely known way longer than when I've been out, obviously. But well, that's what I'm curious while. about. Like when you were younger, you were growing up that term may not have even existed yet. Oh no, not at all. What did you think you were at that time? Like, what were you feeling like that you, you know, made you know that you may be different and, um, that must be super frustrating not to have a label so you can put your, your finger right on the way you feel. Right. Oh, definitely. Like growing up, it turned into a thing where I was like, maybe I'm a guy, but I don't really feel like a guy all the time. And So it kind of turned into I would play around with it. And then I think I tried to find some labels, but none of them ever worked. Like there was something I found called like bi-gender where you feel like a girl and a guy. And I was like, no, like it's kind of yes, but no. And so for a while, I just thought that I was like a very masculine woman for a second. And um, entering high school, um, I, I tried to like force those feelings away from me and I went the most like feminine I had ever been. I would not to say that these things are stereotypically feminine, but I would wear a bunch of makeup and try to dress like girly and try to present myself in a feminine way. I tried to grow my hair out. And by the end of high school, I was like, I, 
like, this isn't working. And it just kind of was me forcing myself to do a bunch of stuff that I wasn't really loving. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was kind of a shock to people that only knew me from high school when I actually came out. But yeah. to anybody that knew me before then or has grown up with me, it wasn't that surprising. Um, but I didn't learn what non-binary was until I was maybe a senior in high school. And how did you uh, discover that term? Uh, I think I probably found it online. Um, it was definitely like people were coming out as non-binary and I had always been in queer spaces just because practically every one of my like high school friends um, considered themselves queer in some way. Um, but I think I found it mostly online just because I sort of live in Utah and I live in kind of a more like um smaller town you know and so yeah. you don't get a lot of that local representation and so everything for me kind of happened from online or my friends finding it out online or when you found that label where you're like holy that's it this is oh one. yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i i found it and i was like this is what i've been looking for and like when people explained it's like you, there's not one way to be non-binary i was like that's what i've been looking for something that like explains what i'm feeling to other people in the best way you know yeah i've got all these questions from fans and i'm not gonna get to all of them and i apologize for that but <laughs> um your fans are so rampant they really are man and, and it's 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 great to see people get so passionate about you and your music it really is um yeah that's gotta feel good for you huh Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like every one of my like followers or fans is like just a friend of mine. Yes. And so I, I feel like I have a personal connection with them, which is like, obviously I can't really do that, but I, I like to believe that I have a connection to all of them. <laughs> um, I'm sure they feel the same way, Addison. Um, here's one from Stupid Bird Boy. Why didn't they just give up? I know he talked about being discouraged and wanting to give up. Why did he not give up? I think for me, it really came down to the people around me um, and the fact that I'm just stubborn. <laughs> um, there were a lot of times where I wanted to quit music and I actually almost did in 2019 and I wasn't going to pursue it again. But I just I, I put myself around good friends and that's why I think your relationships with others matter the most. Because every single time that I was like, oh, this is a stupid song or that was a stupid performance or I shouldn't post this, I would have like that best friend that's like, no, that was really good. That was, I, I want to listen to that. Or they'd buy like my merch that I had literally made myself, or they would come to that coffee shop performance that was like at 11 PM where it was only going to be five people. And it just came down to, they didn't let me. And yeah. so I couldn't let me because it's like that thing where it's like, believe in the me that believes in you. And that's how I believed in myself, I guess. <laughs> Why did you, why were you so um, insistent on keeping it going? And by that, what I mean is, what do you get out of the music? What do you get out of being an artist? What is it, how does it serve you personally? I think the best way that I always describe it is that it's sort of like my personal journal. And it's the only way I've ever been able to fully get an emotion out or be able to get like conclusion to something. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I just, I like the idea of people feeling heard through music because for me, I grew up and I would only like be able to feel something or connect with something if, 
was in music form. Um, and it's how I figured out a lot of things about myself or a lot of emotions. And what were you listening to? Like what kind of mu music was, uh, you know, inspiring you at that time? Mm -hmm. I, I listened to a lot of Dodie when I was younger. That was like my big, like 14 year olds love Dodie. Yeah, of course. Um, and she actually uh, introduced the term bisexual for me, which is what I later figured out for myself. Mm -hmm. um, but I also listened to, I had sort of like my emo phase where I listened to a lot of Fallout Boy and My Chemical Romance. <laughs> and then it definitely turned into, it's funny where I'm friends now with the people I used to listen to all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I listened to a lot of Chloe Moriando and Orla Gartland and Tessa nice. Violet and Cave Town was a big one for me too. Yeah. Um, and so just all of them, it made me feel less alone, especially with them being like online creators and being able to see their awkwardness, I guess. Totally. And so that that definitely made me feel very human. And I just wanted to be able to do the same thing and express in the same way, you know? Well, well you're doing it and people are resonating with it um, or it's resonating with people. I never know the correct way to, to do that. I think it's resonating <laughs> with people. That leads me to a question from Isaac, which is what is the story in maturing so uh i actually put those songs in order to kind of tell the story of growing up um and just my story of growing up i actually didn't expect that to happen but then it just kind of came for itself and it kind of formed itself yeah um so in my head i think it started with i want to be a boys like when you're first like learning what your body is and who you are and how you identify and for Love me that, that was song, like Thank you. Um, but that was definitely like my first experience when I was like a teenager or like a preteen. And then it turned into I don't want to fall in love because I remember being like 12 or 13 and not dating anybody, but my friends are dating people and I'm so jealous and angry and frustrated. And then it turned into makes me sick, which I like to think is like your first relationship and you're 16 and they're stupid and you're being stupid and <laughs> you just want it to work but it's like your first time ever feeling this emotion um you don't get less me, stupid the older you get by the way i just i, I have that's to right. warn you. I, I gotta warn you it's not gonna get much better i'm just gonna let you know yep yep <laughs> um but then i had i had kill the switch which was basically like for me that was like my senior year in high school where i was like i don't know if i'm going to college and i'm stressed and i'm sad and i'm skipping first period because i don't want to go to school um, and then it kind of ended with getting used to where you graduate and you kind of learn that, yeah, you grew up, but you're never really growing up and things are always going to be awkward. And like, you know, it's like the high school never ends song, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it basically feels like that for me. <laughs> I love the progression. What do you we, we talked about what the music does for you, but what do you want uh, the audience to, to get from your music. If they could get, I don't want to phrase it this way, one thing from your music, because I'm sure there's more than one thing, but mm -hmm. what is important for you, for the audience to take from your music? I think at the end of the day, I always just want some somebody to feel something with my music. Um, I always joke that I don't care if they hate it. I don't care if they love it. I just want them to feel something towards it. Nice. Because um, it means that I did something, you know? It's yeah. not like a nonchalant thing where they're just hearing it in passing. Like it actually made them stop and feel something. And that's yeah. the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really just that. Tell me about like one or two stories you've gotten from fans that have meant 
uh, that have gotten something from your music that, that it meant a lot to them and maybe even changed their life in some way. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of those stories, huh? I think the biggest one I definitely had, um, I get a lot of people that say that I want to be a boy was how they figured out that they were either trans or that they're non-binary. Um, and that always means a lot to me because I actually, I wrote that song when I didn't know I was non-binary and I was yeah. like, this is the best way I can phrase it. This is what I'm feeling. And I released it when a lot of people online still thought that I was um, like a woman and that I wasn't trans or non-binary or anything like that. And a lot of people just um, throughout time just kind of like had their gender exploration with me. Yeah. And I'll meet people and they're like, that song means so much to me. And that's the song that like made me like feel heard for the first time and made me feel understood. And I think that's always just the biggest thing is them being able to discover themselves because of an emotion that I already felt for them, I guess. That's a, I, I understand everything you're saying and I love it. I really do. Thank what you. is success for you then? Like, where do you, where do you want to go with this? Like, at what point will you consider it successful? Has that happened already? Uh, are you, or do you want to be on a record label and be on the radio? Do you want to uh, tour the world? What? What's success for you then? I think um, I think it could be many, many things. Um, for me personally, um, I always like to joke and say that as long as I'm making money, like <laughs> off of just being a musician, then yeah. I'm fine. Because I, for the longest time, I was working both retail and doing music. And I was like, the second that I can support myself with just my music is how I know I've made it. But I think now it's it's sort of turned into... Um, I have loyal fans that um, keep with me and I have people that show up to my shows and I, I'm going on tour and I'm doing things and I like obviously I think every artist wants to get bigger and be bigger because that's how you share more to people. Sure. Um, but I think at the end of the day it's not a number whether it's like money or a following or anything like that it's just the fact that I'm supporting myself making music and I'm making people feel things. And as long as I can have that, then I'm successful in my mind. And I think little successes like, oh, like number one song or stuff like that will just be like little successes that add to already being successful in my own mind. So if we play one song from this EP on the radio, which one would you want it to be? Ooh, I think everybody's really loved I want to be a boy and I don't want to fall in love. Those have been like the two big ones that everybody has loved. <laughs> I had Sugar Rush down. Really? Just because I think it sounds like sonically like a radio song, but I don't want to fall in love was definitely number two. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> now that we've spoken, I think it's going to be that one. Why don't we go with that one? Absolutely. Tell me the story behind that one. So that one, um, I sort of wrote it when I was being really petty about um, my dating life. And I was frustrated that all my friends seemed to be getting in relationships, but I was so busy that I couldn't even focus on that even if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of turned into a story of being frustrated that people feel they have to find love so quick. Yeah. And they feel like that's what will complete them. Um, because for me, I, I've always been content being single or in a relationship. And so I ended up writing it with um, my co-writer, uh, Luke Ahrens, and he was just 
so lovely writing it with me and absolutely understood what I meant with kind of growing up more religious and feeling like you have to marry quick. Mm -hmm. um, and then my producer, Cameron, just like made it come to life because I was like, I don't want this to be like a slow guitar song because that's what it started as. Yeah. And he just made it into this absolute like pop, dramatic, yeah. like yeah. screaming in the middle, yeah. you know? That leads me to one more fan question I wanted to get in because I promised this person I would. Um, Firefly623, uh, <laughs> do you have somewhere specific you go to write your music? I think it's always just on my bedroom floor. Um, <laughs> Is that where you are right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, can we be nosy? Is it too messy like show? Because I'm really curious like what your room looks like. I guarantee you the audience would love to see. The side is definitely very messy, but I can definitely show like behind me. Yeah, I show me where the magic oh. stuffed animals. And those I just, ones are in the bottom are really soft, by the way. Oh yeah, I love them. Like I, there's probably a million more, but I'm always just like kind of sitting here <laughs> with my guitar, <laughs> and it will be like two a.m. and my mom's like, "You need to go to bed. It's way too late to be playing music." <laughs> I guarantee you, in the comments, there's going to be people that are like, "Why is he so nosy?" <laughs> I was just born that way. I apologize. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to play it then. That's the song we'll play. Thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate you. You've been incredible, and I've been looking forward to talking to you. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me. The OHP Uncut Podcast with Canon.